0: Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high-income earners come to learn wealth-building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth, with your hosts, financial and wealth-building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie.
1: Welcome into today's episode of the Money Insights Podcast, the alternative wealth-building podcast for high-income earners. My name is Christian Allen, here with my co-host, who we all know as... Rodney, the Pods of Brisky. Rod, what's up, man?
2: Hey, hey, I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I couldn't be better. The sun is shining. Yeah. I'm only missing one of my two AirPods. Okay. And I am absolutely <laughs> ready to roll.
2: Sweet. Yeah, I love this time of year. There's just so much to love. I always bring up football. Football is is big. But just all
1: his life. Are you just a big football? OK, Rod, so I used to be a football guy and I, I still keep up a little bit. But I've mm-hmm. just like as I get old, I'm becoming one of those old guys that I thought, where did they lose their passion for the game?
2: <laughs> That's because I'm just you? like, it's oh, becoming
1: man. me. I'm like, ah, there's more important things than getting up in arms mm-hmm. if my team loses and, you know, being like. Angry with my wife and children if my team loses. Like, I just said, like, that stuff's not that important to me.
2: Yeah, I still remember uh, there was a game. So it was the big rivalry game, right? BYU was playing Utah, and we hadn't beat them for several years. This wasn't quite getting up to the 10 year mark, but we were probably around six or seven years that we'd lost to them. And we scored a touchdown in the last seconds. Kick, kick the extra point. We tie it up. We go into into overtime, and we and they decided to go for two. To go for two. And
1: Taysom Hill still playing in the NFL today. He couldn't get in though. It, no, we all everybody knew the what,
2: what the play was going to be, and I had to take a walk. I had to take a walk because I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't just sit there and not I was just stewing over it. So and it was midnight, right? It's one of these late games, and and I'm wandering through the streets and. Right out just like it was seating. wild,
1: Rod pacing through this through the streets <laughs> of Payson, probably with like a dozen other people your age. I'm, I'm
2: sure <laughs> I, I would have bumped into him, but I didn't see them, I was like blind uh, to everything okay. going on.
1: All right, Rod. So, as much fun as it is to hear about your football antics over the years, let's get into our topic today. But before I do that, I have a question for you. Okay, did you know October is national? book month. Ah, I did
2: not know that.
1: That's right. So in commemoration of National Book Month, um, and I heard this, by the way, because my wife, Heather, is good at following social media. Sharon Lecter was sharing some of her favorite books in commemoration of National Book Month. And I thought, man, it's just appropriate being the na- that it's National Book Month and honestly I didn't know that before I picked the topic but it just worked out really great. Okay. But in commemoration of National Book Month we are going to we are going to bust out our top 5 books for building wealth.
2: Yeah.
1: Top 5 yeah. wealth building books and Rod this is where it gets really fun. We're even going to throw in a few bonuses. Yeah, I like
0: it. I thought I told
1: Rod. I asked Rod to throw in um a bonus of a not to read bonus and another book that doesn't necessarily have to be focused
2: around wealth building and i'm glad you did. I
1: may have an extra one above and beyond
2: that oh boy okay if you do then i might too but i was glad you did that because i was trying to figure out a way to work that particular book one of my favorites of all time into building wealth and i was just having a hard time doing this you made it easy so i,
1: didn't so have to I made it easy okay well much. i'm glad um I feel like Rod I I know at least two or three of the books on your I'm list. Sure. Yeah. And so I made at least an effort to diversify amongst the books that will likely that you would likely pick. Yeah. Um so we might have we might share a couple in common, but I decided to kind of mix it up a little bit. So that being the case, Rod, I think I want you to go first. Okay. okay? So we're just going to go back and forth. First book, Rod, you kick us off with your top 5 <clears throat> number 1. Okay, wait, wait. I've got to clear this up. This yeah. isn't in order, is it? Yeah.
2: I, not necessarily. I am I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm starting with the book that everybody knows what it's going to be.
1: 99% okay. okay. well,
2: of people out there are saying, "Well,
1: well Rod's favorite I, book is this." I heard
2: yeah, right. I heard I heard Rod say anything in the past. Therefore, I know what his first This
1: book. must be. Okay. Okay. So, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like ranked one through five. Mine is not. And that's why yeah. I wanted to clear that up.
2: Yep. That is, okay. that is true.
1: Okay, Rod. Well, now that we know what your first book is, or at least 99 out of 100 people listening likely do, why don't you kick us off okay. and tell us what your first book
2: is? And I'm also going to say that I cheated a little bit because if I'm going to go with Rich Dad, Poor Dad... I had to also just combine it with Cashville Quadrant because they go hand in hand.
1: Do you see my face right now, Rod? Do I, I do look happy? Your...
2: <laughs> you look very disgusted.
1: Uh, okay, well, you're making it more and more difficult for us people over here trying to diversify among Rod's favorite uh, books.
2: Okay. To
1: how may... So I just have to say anything written by... Robert Kiyosaki or Sharon Lecter? I did not
2: include any anything okay, I'm just, beyond well, I guess I should I'm
1: just that. messing with I was just teasing I was just taking it a like three steps further. Obviously, you didn't take it that far. But I will say this, Rod, because at the last minute I put on there none other than the cash flow quadrant, thinking uh. Rod's gonna have the first one. Yeah. I'll go with the cash flow quadrant,
2: and that seemed fair. I totally threw a curveball. So you well, and you swung and you missed.
1: Luckily, luckily, I, <laughs> I did. I guess I didn't even know I was. I guess I knew I was swinging, and I just didn't think that you would pick both of those. Right? Okay, but f- fair enough. Why don't you tell us why those books are on your list?
2: Yeah. So for me, I mean, this is like this was the beginning of my journey, putting me on this path i can't think of anything before that I, I read i read these when i was in college and i can't think of anything before that that i read that was strictly financial and and these just like they put me on the path like that i'm on now with yeah with everything with with uh vision of owning a business with the way i think and invest and and raise my family anyway all kinds of different things uh kind of branch off of what i read
1: that's a seems like a solid reason to have it in the top five Mm -hmm. um since i only had one of the two in the top five i'll tell you the reason why i had the cash flow quadrant in there and you'll see as we go through i had this much better set up because you were going to see already (laughs) what the previous books were and then i was going to say like as is probably on brand with my style you can kind of see how the cash flow quadrant fits into it so that being the case, Rod, and anybody listening to this, I apologize that you don't have that context. But here's the deal. The good news is it's still on brand, and I'm all about mindset,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's all about, from my perspective, when, you, when you're when you really wanting to build wealth, the first key, the first stage, maybe, maybe the first five stages are about making a lot of money, mm-hmm. more so than they're about being like some prolific, incredible investor. So if you can't make a lot of money, it's really hard to become a prolific investor, right? So most people, if you think about it, build their own business, create wealth, and then they become prolific investors because they have the ability to do that. High-income earners save money, and then they can become more prolific investors. But there's got to be the starting point. So I like this idea that we have something to strive for. We have a quadrant that we can... And again... I think about um, investor is ultimately like the quadrant we want to get to. Mm-hmm. Right. And the nice thing is, is regardless of where we start, we can get there. But again, from my perspective, it's kind of a step by step thing. And most often we have to do a few things before we get there. So for me, it helped me like create a really simple um, diagram in my head. I mean, I didn't create yeah. it. I was able to use that diagram and put my life the way that I think just kind of plop it on there. And it, it just made a lot yeah. of sense for me.
2: Yeah, and I think the keyword there is simple, right? It, it if, is really If simple. it is overly complex, if it's if it's like you know digging deep philosophically, all these things, then it, it would be harder to to grasp to follow. But but it is. It's like a framework. It's it's simple.
1: Framework. Serious. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. It's a framework, yeah. and it's a framework I've used. It's a framework we've used mm-hmm. to teach people about building wealth for the last ten years.
2: So good stuff. Okay. Although although you skipped Um, a quadrant.
1: Oh yeah, I did.
2: That's not a fault. That's that's actually to your credit. I, I I decided that I wanted to be an employee first to kind of learn Uh the ropes, learn some things before jumping in on that. There's
1: totally nothing wrong with being an employee and jumping from employee to investor. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, you can still totally do it.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Okay. Rod, that was the first one. Um, Number two, since I just did that one, even though it was out of my order, uh, why don't you kick us to the second one on your list? What
2: is it? Okay, so mine, it is still kind of going with the theme. Mm-hmm. And it is Tax-Free Wealth. Tom, Nice. And this is one that I read. Of, of all of these that I'm going to uh, introduce today, this was actually the last one I read. Okay.
1: Do you have a visual for all of them, Rod? I do. I just gosh, that was and great. I, what a time. I actually
2: I actually own that book, but I lent it to somebody. And so I don't It wasn't me, was it? Well it was, but I didn't want to bring that up. It was? Did
1: you just give it to me or did I ask for it?
2: Oh I don't I don't remember. I think we were talking about it and, and you were like, oh, you know, I should read that. So I was like, hey, here you go.
1: Maybe I thought it was a gift.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was.
1: That's probably we'll what it was. We'll go with that. All right. Well, let me look in my uh, my <laughs> kitchen of books here and see if I can come up with that. Okay. Okay. That's a good one, Rod. And I will be honest with you. I have not read it, um, but I know the philosophies and ideas around it. And uh, and obviously we talk at length about how important the tax element is. Yeah. And of course, Tom writes a guru in tax.
2: Yeah. And if I can read the kind of the, I can't really call it, like, subtitle or whatever it's yeah. how to build massive wealth by permanently lowering your taxes
1: oh man you love that permanently word it, just it is it. well and
2: and so that that actually it's that philosophy that he hits on first of you know he talks about how we don't want to just defer taxes we want to save them he also talks about how he he runs into people who are like it's my patriotic duty to pay my taxes. And he's like, okay, great, but let's let's play their rules. Like they created the rules, let's play by them. So if you can by playing by the rules, you can pay fewer taxes and build more wealth. Let's do that. And still be patriotic. That's right. Yep.
0: So, All right, and then he gets into,
2: into the kind of brass tacks of ideas and things that you can actually do. And anyway, so I think it's just really, really well put together.
1: That's a good one. Shout out to Tom. He was at our uh, summit last year and uh, we've done a bunch of stuff with him and over the years. Okay. Next one, Rod, can I, I I get to go next. I'm excited about this. And and I actually cheated in this one kind of like you did, Okay. but I don't think that I'm concerned about you having chosen this book. So in that way, I, I just wasn't worried about it, but here's the deal. You will expect me to have this. Oh, actually, Man, I am all out of I'm all out of order, Rod. I started going to my number two, but I got to go to my number one. So let me back okay, the truck okay. up. Back it up. Number one, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. So my dad was a believer in the power of positive thinking and yeah. self help books, and so from the time I was young, he he always had these on his uh, on his stand bookshelf. That's what I was looking for, mm-hmm. and. Encouraged us to read them. I actually did. Now, I have read all of it uh, a couple times since, but when I was a kid, I just read like, I would just read like a few pages here and there. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I always kind of resonated with the concepts. Now, it was a little bit of like hard reading when I was younger, sure. but you know, and it's a book that's a lot older. So it's not mm-hmm. like this like really fluid, easy read. And yet, from a philosophical standpoint, it encompasses like deep down how I believe life can go for us if that's like what, like I really believe in the power of mind and thought and um, accomplishing things according to what we believe. And that's obviously what the book is. So what you think of you can accomplish. And that's, that's, I believe a big portion of why we've been able to build where we are today and where, and we're young, we have a long ways to go, Rod. So I love, love, love uh, think and grow rich.
2: I like it too. In fact,
1: oh great! <laughs> it, it actually was on there.
2: Well, it was on my list, but I came prepared with a backup.
1: Oh, nice. So, but
2: but we'll just we'll toss it up there just because I did come. Prepared. Okay, so good work, good nice work. Thank you. Okay. And uh, anyway, but no, I totally agree. And that's that's the thing is it's it is a mindset more than anything else. Before tactics, yep. before philosophy, before saving on taxes, before cash flow quadrant, all that kind of stuff mindset
1: yeah you have to believe it right okay so think and grow rich that's a must it's a must read okay rod i'm gonna go again okay because uh although i guess we're just going back and forth so let's go back and forth again okay Okay, what's your next one
2: okay so my next one is called your money or your life your money
1: or your life by vicky robin
2: oh okay two and vicky robin
1: Robin. okay i've never read this one either rod
2: this one yeah, this is good. Yeah, this is what I found. Uh, a Well, I say I found most of these things, like my wife reads first, and then she's like, hey, this is really good. Like, okay, I'll read it too. Oh, nice. So so she had read she that. Jody, And by the way, um, it was one that was mentioned actually in uh, Die with Zero. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he, because he, he mentioned it as like kind of a catalyst for some of the things he was doing. And the key with it is, money is a tool. So you get what you want out of life. Again, so let, let's let's kind of create a trail from think to grow rich, think and grow rich, right? A Mindset idea, to then kind of carrying out, creating goals and strategies and philosophy and all that kind of stuff. And so this one basically becomes a almost like a. A fallback in terms of keeping perspective right remembering hey money is what you want it to be like what you want to turn it into in terms of your your real goals in life right your real purpose in life so anyway that's why i thought it was a good one
1: okay i like it that's a good one um i'm gonna put on my list of must go reads wow that didn't make sense must go read okay Rod, the next one on my list, you will not be surprised that I will have my good friend Bob Berg and John David Mann who wrote the Go-Giver series. There's two of them. Go-Giver, The Go-Giver Sells More. These are not finance-related books, FYI. Not directly anyway, Yeah. right? But again, they're very on brand for me. So, My starting point for building a successful financial foundation, I'm just to be very honest with you, I'm not as strong in the details. I'm not a good budgeter, but I'm pretty dang good at growing and building and making money and and making a lot more money than I spend. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that has been at least a belief that it's about giving as providing as much value as we possibly can. So just as an example, you think about kind of how money insights works and philosophically, we generally won't even ask people for meetings, right? So we put out content, we put out information, we, we try to make it as valuable as we possibly can and then give people the opportunity as they want to on their timeline um, without pressure to come to us. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I really believe that's a big part of what's helped us be successful. And I think that that's kind of the success method in life. If you put it out there now, I'm not here to su- suggest that there's not like greedy, awful people who make it big, mm-hmm. but like, if you want to live like your best life, the combination of being wealth and ha- wealthy and happy, I really believe providing value without being constantly being worried about what's coming back to you Yeah. The irony behind it is if I can do it, I just end up getting way more back than I put in. Yeah. And so that's my that's my belief. I love I love the whole idea of the Go-Giver series. I read it, I guess, probably 12 or so years ago. And Mm -hmm. it's been one of my faves ever since.
2: Yeah. And that comes as no surprise. I, I should have thought of that. I hadn't before you brought it up. But uh, and
1: Rod I, even was kind enough to give me a go giver award, so this is funny the go Giver <laughs> they have like a go giver organization this is like a promotion for for Bob's organization here. they have this go giver and and they like actually create these awards and so if you do certain things or whatever, you get the go Giver award and Rod was kind enough to be like in a moment of generosity it just it was just a nice moment, Rod, I don't I know what to just- say.
2: I was inspired by your Go-Giving. I thought, I'm going to try to be a Go-Giver. I'm going to go find this certificate. Man,
1: I love it. I love it. So Rod got me a Go-Giver certificate. And uh, I wish I could say that I had it like, I don't know where that thing went, Rod. But I do remember it well, and I really appreciate it. That was a it. So few offices ago. Yeah, That was a few offices back. <laughs> okay, so that's the Go-Giver series. Rod, remind us the three books that you have hit on so far. I'll remind the three that I've hit on and then we'll get into our fourth book.
2: Sounds good. So I cheated on the first one because it was a combination of Rich Dad Poor Dad and Cashflow Quadrant. That's quadrants. where so you took my fifth. Line. Yep. And then I had uh, Tax-Free Wealth. Tax-Free and Wealth. And then I had uh, Your Money or Your Life.
1: Your Money or Your Life. Yes. Okay. Okay, so Rod, we are God, we're moving down it. So these are the must reads. Must yep. reads, Rod. Must reads. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Number four. What's your number four must read in order to grow massive wealth? Okay, I want to so borrow some lines from from Tom. Tom, perfect.
2: Okay, so I went to business growth, building a business. Okay. That is going to last. And so I went to Good to great. Good to great. Grim okay. Collins. That's... That probably would not be a surprise for you either for me to pick that one. Nope,
1: not a surprise. Although, Rod, this is terrible. I'm not meaning to undermine your book here because it's a great book. It really is. Um, <laughs> no, don't do but, it. But I'm, I still have to do it. I still have to do it. So when I started in the financial services industry, I started with a group here in Salt Lake, beneficial financial group. Yeah. And they are, they were like a, like it's still a big company, but like a regional type company. Right. Yeah. Not as big as some of like, as like AIG as an example, oh, for example. Yeah. However, however <laughs> beneficial. I remember like my first, my first, when they're like introducing the new class of people coming in, the new professionals coming in, mm-hmm. the the president of the company gets up and he speaks to us and, and he tells us about good to great and how they're modeling after good to great Mm -hmm. and specifically they're modeling after aig (laughs) which can i just tell you at that time wasn't the best move so of course aig had a very specific way that they were investing which was overly or too heavily back in the mortgage-backed securities side of things Mm -hmm. well guess what beneficial did the exact same thing because they wanted to go from good to great just like aig Okay. Yep. I'm totally, but that's, that's what it reminds me of. And yet as I go back and I think about the principles, when I read that book, um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And there's obviously many, many very good companies. That's just one kind of silly off example. And can I just also say this about AIG?
0: Mm-hmm. They're
1: still going and pretty strong. And they, from my understanding, have paid back all of the debts that they borrowed from the government mm-hmm. um, and are in a clean and strong place. So, Maybe yeah. they still were a good company after all.
2: Yeah. And what's funny too is this here, you know, what it was three, four years ago when when really bad press was coming out on for Wells Fargo. And I couldn't help but yes. think about that too, because they were one of their featured companies. Yeah, so.
1: Wells Fargo. Well, they were like, weren't they like uh creating like like phony accounts yeah. kind of thing? Like
2: yeah. to Getting extra... and everything because they were yeah. just like, uh.
1: Dang it, yeah. dang it, dang it. But okay, okay can well,
2: I have just a couple of principles, though, that, that really yeah. stood out? And the first oh, one yeah. is just kind of the, the basic premise of the book, and it is that good is the enemy of great, meaning uh-huh. if okay. you I get do good like at something and you just get comfortable and you're like, I'm good, I don't need to, to try harder, then you can't get to greatness. And I think about, like, obviously they, they have companies, but as far as, like, athletes go, to me, someone like Kobe Bryant is the epitome of that. That he... You know, natural talent, yes, but he became what he became because he wasn't content with good, and he worked hard, and he, I mean, just just was like a machine, the in, mamba in mentality, Rod. Yeah, everything, everything. Uh, so, anyway, that's that's the first principle, and the second one. Wait, Rod, are you
1: ha- saying that you have taken on the mamba mentality yourself?
2: I, I would say that. <laughs> if good is the enemy of great and we want greatness that cause it's, it's a, it's a mentality for yourself, but it's also for other people. So to look at somebody and say, Oh man, they, you know, they're, they're really successful. They've done great. They've achieved greatness. And sometimes our, our tendency is to say, well, it's because of whatever, like they just have a natural talent for this or that or the other thing. And we ignore the fact that it takes an enormous amount of, effort and time and focus and and leaving a whole bunch of other things undone because you're just putting so much time and effort into that to get there so
1: sounds like the mamba mentality to me that's all, all
2: yeah all over uh, and then the other thing that i wanted to hit on that i think i still am trying to wrap my mind around this um in the book he talks about a uh an admiral who in in uh, the vietnam war and mm-hmm. uh, was taken as a, as a prisoner of war and um and you can go, go read the book if you want to get more details on, on what happened there but just really horrible things right and when he got done and he got home um he said that he if he had to choose it he would go through that again because of the things that he learned while he was there and that is just wild to think about that someone, Sounds like insanity to me, Rod. Yeah, right. Like, why would you choose it? And and he well, he answers it himself, right? Because of the things he learned while he was there. And so we we do have hard times. We go through hard times, and let's make the most of it, right? Like we're going to go through hard times anyway. Like all of us are. So learn what you can from that, and and that'll help you go from good to great.
1: I love it. Okay. I I couldn't agree more. It's a great book. Okay, Rod, my number four book. And I'm trying to see how many authors I can go with that are dead and before 1950. (laughs) Today, this one, we're going with How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's another one that sat on my dad's bookshelf. And can I just tell you, it's one of the first self-help books that I ever, that I ever got into. And it kind of like brought me into that mode. So mm-hmm. I'm a believer. Okay. So this is going to sound really weird. And, and maybe I don't want it to sound like mm-hmm. arrogant because I don't, because I have like all sorts of um, shortcomings, but one thing that I've historically been pretty good at is communicating and like connecting with people. Right. Yeah, And, and this book kind of highlighted some of what I was naturally good at, but it also challenged me to try to become a lot more than that, right? Yeah. So it's almost like it's almost like that mentality that you get from think and grow rich or good to great where where you're saying, "Okay, I might have some natural talent or skill in this, but that's not enough." And I genuinely believe that wealth most often comes by creating influence, whether that's by creating a business, whether that's because you're an incredible salesperson, mm-hmm. whether it's because you're an amazing physician, all of these things require you to learn how to win friends and influence people or at least if you want to be as successful as you possibly can, that's the way to do it, right? Most people, again, this is just my experience. And from my viewpoint, most people that go kind of up the ladder the most quickly have this unique skill set in that Mm -hmm. they can genuinely connect with people and really have an ability to influence and oftentimes it's influence hopefully it's an influence for good yeah. but influencing people one way or another and that'll get you really far and certainly that'll help you build wealth so that's why that one fits on my list
2: all right i like it and there seems to be a little bit of a connection or maybe a theme between that one and the go giver series it's about people yeah. it's about your your interactions right
1: yeah, and that's just how I believe it. If mm-hmm. you look at my world, that's just how I function in the world. That's yeah. why I, that's why rods there. Rod's like can actually get down into the weeds and details and make sure that we're doing the right things. And of course, it's really amazing. It allows me to kind of not have to deal with those things and do the things I'm good at. So, yeah. anyway, I I just genuinely believe that growing wealth is about is is first and foremost about the way you think and the way you behave and secondly, about the what you actually do with money.
2: Yeah.
1: It's about wealth creation, and then it's about becoming like a prolific investor. I like it. Okay, okay, Rod, we're, man, we're moving through these. What is your number
2: five book? Okay, my number five book is Atlas Shrugged.
1: Atlas Shrugged
2: By Ayn Rand. I knew it. This, and this one, I, it, I, I had to make a little bit of a stretch because her point was not to talk about growing wealth necessarily. Right. She was absolutely like a capitalist and that was her whole point. Like, like down with communism up with capitalism. Uh, But so for me reading this book, this was, I I read this in kind of like my formative years of building my own business. And so seeing these people and, and their, their attitude toward what they were doing in, in building their own businesses. Uh, was just it was just I don't know eye-opening, inspiring to me uh, to see it was it was as much about like to them doing the right thing was striving for excellence. Like they couldn't do anything different. It was just it was just ingrained in, and that was their DNA. And uh, of course, it it's very much a political book. Like there's there's a lot of other things and messages that she was trying to communicate. Um, but but for me, and that, that's why I pick it, is because of that element of it.
1: Okay. Okay. I like it. Good stuff. I actually, man, I feel bad. I haven't read a few of the books on your must-read list, Rod. Okay. So I've got, wow. some yeah. got some work to do. I've got some work to do. Book club? Should we start a book club, Rod? We should. That would be cool. All right. All right. We'll have to think about okay. it. Any, if anyone's interested in a book club with us, shoot Rod an email. And maybe we'll, we'll create one. That could be fun. I would love it. Yeah. Okay, Rod. My number five book is my most recent read, at least in these of, of like of my building wealth books slash self help. Okay, this is my latest read, uh, but this one's better uh, in terms of like more focused on wealth, and it is "How Rich People Think" by Steve Seibold. You familiar with it? Anyone familiar with it? No. Okay. It's really good. And uh, it sounds a lot like my other books, right? How Rich People Think basically compares the thoughts, habits, and um, strategies, ideas, philosophies of wealthy people versus those of middle class and lower class to help you understand what are the, again, thoughts, habits, and strategies, Mm -hmm. and philosophies that those people are doing. And it just says, do the same thing. Like find the successful people do the same thing. So it kind of goes with that. Like, you know, you're the sum of the five people you, you spend the most time around. It's Mm -hmm. kind of in that same framework where if you just understand what other, what other wealthy um, successful people do, it's almost hard to go wrong. Right. Getting in that mindset, that framework, it, it just changes things. So, and I really believe that that step happens again. I keep saying this, but that step happens first You've got to make money, you've got to create money, you've got to build, and then you can invest. And then what's really unique and amazing about that is when you become an investor, you can become a much more prolific investor than you ever were like an earner off of your own income. You absolutely can do that. But again, generally, it takes money first, and then it becomes like kind of like this cycling approach where everything grows because of it. So, okay, Rod, those were my top five. I've got... Uh, Rich Dad's Cashflow Quadrant, Think and Grow Rich, Go-Giver Series, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and finally, How Rich People Think by Steve Seibold. I
2: like it. I'm going to have okay. to read that
1: one. Okay, so now I this is good news. We, we've both at least... Okay, so you had like two or three. I, it was probably two and a half. I've read half of the books on your list. Okay. So And you have probably read most of the books, but at least one. At least one. Yeah, I need to go okay. back. Hey, Rod, I have great news for you. All right, we have some bonus books. <laughs> I don't I know if it's great news for the listeners, but I have this is good news for you and I. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get into these. I think they'll be fun. Uh, okay, Rod, this first one, the first, the, the next place that we wanted to go to was just a bonus book that was really anything you anywhere you want to go. Mm-hmm. And then once we do that, we're going to finish with our. These are you must not reads. Okay. Okay. Or at least a must not read. Okay. Yeah. So what's your bonus book, Rod?
2: So my bonus book is Les Miserables. Les Miserables. I should have
1: known that too. I I just.
2: So it started with the musical. I was. I don't know, twelve years old or something when when Lamus Rob hit Broadway. So like through my whole teenage years, I enjoyed it, my family enjoyed it, friends enjoyed it. Like it was just like the music that, was it. that you just hear it heard all the over the place. And it's uh-huh. still out there, right? Like you can still it is. I, I could go two or three times a year, just go into local high schools or or you know, places to to continue hearing it. And I do you try would to find do that. it. Um, but what happened is, when I got in and read the act, the story, like the backstory and the details, just like took it to a whole new level. So if you like Les Mis at the musical, you have to, you, you must
1: gotta go check out. You <laughs> m- it's a must
2: read. Yeah, and here's the thing: you're going to take it to another level, and people are going to be like rolling their <laughs> eyes. And I know, oh boy, Rod, you will be tempted to go read an abridged version. Because they're out there. Don't do it. Don't let yourself stew. I can assure you that I will not be tempted
1: to read either version. (laughs) I can assure you. (laughs) Now, that's coming from someone who loves musicals. I love musicals, but um, Les Miserables is not my favorite musical, but I like it. I like it. Um, It's a fun
2: one. Here's what I can tell you if you'll read the first 100 pages, you'll be hooked.
1: It's not Hamilton, Rod, but
2: it's pretty good. No, uh, and and I would love like I would love to read more about Hamilton. It, it's Get fun. into the details on his. Oh life. my my Undered stepdaughter. Oh, well, really
1: my my oldest daughter Kate and stepdaughter Addie both have just like dug into the back backstories of yeah, all of those things, awesome. and it is it is really fun. So you're right; it creates, to your point, learning those things creates a unique context to. The play, Mm -hmm. the musical, um, and probably teaches a whole bunch of unique and interesting lessons along the way.
2: Yeah.
1: Good stuff. Okay, Rod, mine, mine, I I feel like I didn't go very, didn't get very diverse on this at all. Okay. Um, But can I just tell you, I don't read for fun, really. Like, I I read for fun in the sense that I like, it's like fun to like build a business and grow and like those kind of things. But I don't really like leisure read. I shouldn't say that if I do, it's normally like sports stuff, right? So I'm reading mm. stuff online, articles and things like that. But when I actually sit down and read, if I'm on a plane or, you know, places like that where I have long, long periods of time, where I'm just hanging out. Yeah. Normally I read self-help books. Yeah. Well, Rod, in true, true form, I'm sticking with it. My Bonus book is 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John C Maxwell. I don't know what to say. It just spliced up all of these leadership concepts and ideas into like manageable ways to think about them. Yeah. And so, you know, I think about these things like the law of the lid. Like, I hadn't really thought of this of this, but like now I have some context and as I'm trying to lead and build I can sit and look at those things and say like, okay, how did I measure up to this? If this is the standard, right? We're trying to keep, if I can believe that these are irrefutable laws, then my goal is of course to get up, be on the right side of those. The problem is, is it's really difficult to even understand what all those are. And so I'm not saying that 21 is necessarily all inclusive, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty inclusive, right? Like that's a pretty big list. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, I love that book. And I'll also say um, one of my favorite mentors read it with me. It was one of our kind of it was in it was in like a leadership book club yeah. and um, getting the kind of unique perspectives of other people as we went through it. I think the whole thing made the experience unique and fun. And so that one stays on my must read, not necessarily financial specific. But I believe has been one of the books that has helped me make, um, make money.
2: Awesome!
0: I like. Hey, okay,
1: right now I'm really excited. We're getting in the not to read. <laughs> yeah! Woo!
2: Initially, okay, I, I've been waiting this, all day for this. Yeah, when you threw out this idea. I thought, man, I don't know. Like, I I feel like I read and I just try to glean, and so like a not to read, and then. As I started looking around, and I realized, and you're
1: like, oh, oh, don't read this. That's
2: the one. That's the one.
1: Okay. Well, hopefully we don't have the same one, Rod. We do might. You wanna, do you want to bust it out first? Uh,
2: I feel like I've trumped your your. Uh, okay. 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 okay times, but I so. do
1: have two. I do have two. Okay. Okay. So I could. So if you if you zig, okay, I can j- zag. Yeah, I'll okay. zig. Okay. You go first. <laughs> my number one total, not to read is also
2: total, total money, money
1: makeover yeah. or anything else by Dave Ramsey for yeah. that matter. Yeah. Really. He's kind of just a phony. Like th- there's, I don't even take, he's basically an actor. He like that. That's what it's about. It's about interacting and like, you know, the way that he cuts people off and like, it's about entertainment. Mm hmm. While some of his the concepts and principles work for the average person, if you take all of that on the whole, I am one hundred percent convinced that you will slow down. Especially if you're comparing to like the more effective methodology. So, yeah. so, okay, if you go with the Dave the the Ramsey methodology, and that's from like just being an overspender and not doing anything, like yeah, mm-hmm. that's better. That's that's better. But in terms of Comparing that to the most effective ways to actually build wealth, it absolutely is not. And it's just borderline ridiculousness. Yeah. So anyway, there's my mini rant about uh, data. I totally stole it. So sorry, why is it on your list, Rod? <laughs>
2: well, uh, so what's funny is, is I, and kind of like you said, it's not like there's zero value there. Like if you if you look at it and you say, okay, well, I should be careful about debt. If that's what the message you got out of it, then great. That's not what he's saying though. He's saying avoid all debt. <laughs> right. So uh, Yep.
1: Any house you buy, first time house, you better have a million dollars saved up if you live on any coast, so that you can get your like you know eight hundred square foot apartment. Yeah. And again, like it's just not practical and realistic for so well,
2: many people. In and I know people who who are on that path. And I just feel like they're never going to get a house because cool. ten years ago they were thinking if we can just save up, we can get two hundred thousand dollars saved up, then we'll go buy this home. You, you maybe you like have a picture of it hanging on your wall, like this is my goal. Well, how long is it going to take someone who's twenty-five years old, you know, working at eighty thousand dollar a year job, and you know has, in this case, you know, four or five kids? How long it's going to take to get there? Well, it's going to take probably ten to fifteen years. Well, guess what? Ten to fifteen years later, that two hundred thousand dollars house, <laughs> you're going to have to have six hundred thousand dollars.
1: Okay, but here's the worst part: it's 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 not necessary, but it gets even worse than what you're saying, Rod. Not only okay. are they not going to have a house, but they're going to have missed the appreciation that they could have gotten right. by owning a house, even if it was on leverage. Not mm-hmm. even if the value is that it's on that it's on leverage, or at least a mm-hmm. component. That's an element of it. So you've missed out potentially on. Again, look at ten years ago. You gave this example. Ten years ago, if I bought that house that was two hundred and fifty grand, it was a starter house, and I put thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollars down on it. Well, my house literally doubled, or maybe more than that, Mm -hmm. in value over that time frame. And so, by trying to buckle down and save every every penny before you get into the house, because you can't have any debt yeah you've literally like backed the truck up like mm-hmm. even somebody even somebody that had no budgeting skills over that time but bought their house is now further ahead than you, yeah, think about that it's crazy yeah. anyway, yep. and we could go into a bunch of those, which we have a few times so <laughs> if right. if you're interested in some of our our takes on uh the total money makeover, you can go check out our Dave Ramsey episode yeah have a couple you. Okay, Rod. Yeah, let's hear So my not to read number one was the total money makeover. Okay. Um, and I've got a question for you before we close up, but okay. I'm gonna give out my book and then don't let me don't let me close up without asking you this question. Okay. okay. The second one for me, Rod, is and this might be surprising for some to some people listening, probably not so much to you. Number two, becoming your own banker by oh. nelson nash that's right that is an absolute must not read and i as i think about it i totally could have put it in my top five i just thought about it later that's pretty and so it worked out i mean I, I guess i couldn't put it in my top five because that's a anyway you get what i'm saying it, it's one of those things that i'm like passionate about because obviously we use life insurance to help people build wealth and all I can say is that more often than not, becoming your own banker screws up expectations, skews ideas, makes people think that it does things that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets overhyped, like all of these things that just... Now, it has probably helped people along the way, right? Yeah. Undoubtedly that if you, if you like really locked in, figured it out, like you could do... But I just feel like Rod, it confuses more people than it helps. And in our world, we're not about this concept of becoming your own banker. We're about using life insurance as a tool to help us build wealth. And that's the way we do. And, and of course, protect our wealth, too. So I mm-hmm. should say using it as a tool to help us build and protect our wealth. But it's not everything to us. And that's, I think, the biggest difference. Most people that come away from becoming your own banker think that, it ha- that you have to use life insurance in this all-inclusive way that just becomes overwhelming And for a lot of people, it puts a bad taste in their mouth Mm -hmm. because now it looks like, oh, this this is an agent book where they're just trying to sell life insurance. Yeah. And so anyway, I hate I hate Nelson Nash's book. I'm sorry, Nelson. I I apologize. I do not (laughs) like that book. And by the way, it's a terrible read. It is a terrible read. (laughs) it just pains me going through it. Yeah, I love
2: the the parts in that 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 just really get you uh, get your dander up. It's great. (laughs)
1: Uh, I can't, I, you don't even want to get me going on that, but anyway, uh, okay. So that's my final must not read book. And Rod, I think I was more passionate about it. That must not read than any of my must reads.
2: True. And if you want more passion from Christian on that, then go check out the podcast we did called why we don't do infinite banking. Yep.
1: It, why and we it's, we it's and again, it's one of those
2: things. It's like, it, it gets so close to what we're doing. And so people just assume that, that, that we're totally on board with it and we very much are not it's rod it's different yeah
1: okay um question okay Thanks, rod how do your top 5 must read wealth building books apply to our philosophy of in making sure that we're investing with benefits
2: yeah well i mean i feel like that's really easy on the rich dad poor dad cash flow quadrant side because it, it really is. It's that building that philosophy around what you're doing. Again, investing is critical, right? Like we're going to get where we where we want to go because we are smart in the way that we invest. Um, but the we often get so myopic in what investing is supposed to be, and it's all about the return or or like that's most often like hey. I have to create whatever X, Y, Z return, but there's just so, there are so many other things that you can do around your investing to make it better, to improve the return. Ultimately, it's gonna, it's gonna put take you to a much better place and further as far as the return goes, but you're not always necessarily measuring it by the return, the taxes, the investment optimizer, you know, creating extra return, et cetera, like all these different things. And, and what those books do is, they set you up to, to approach things that way, right? Your money or your life, it's, it's again kind of creating some context around what you're doing. So it's not just about the investing, it's about how you contextualize the investing.
1: Yeah, and Rod, that, that's a perfect segue into kind of a couple points I'm thinking of. To your point, when we think of investing, we often think of it myopically and we oftentimes think of it exclusively with money.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: but but it could be investments in time people energy processes strategies all of these things are things that we invest in and really the philosophy is about doing it with maximum efficiency right mm-hmm. not just thinking myopically about the one thing but taking into account all those things around us so we talk about a multi-purposing money the same thing can be true with multi-purposing time talents abilities processes, all of those things. And so from my perspective, at least in some way, shape or form, all of these books hit on various ways that we can focus on being as maximally opportunistic as we possibly mm-hmm. can. And that's really what the Invest With Benefits philosophy is. Brilliant. Okay. So Rod, do you have any final thoughts before we call it?
2: I I want to follow up on your your thought about the Book Club. People let, let us know if you're interested, Rod at moneyinsightsgroup.com. I would totally love that.
1: Rod's totally a bookie. And I think uh, did you brought this up to me recently, didn't you? Maybe it was someone else.
2: Maybe. It, it, might, have been, like...
1: it might have been Heather who brought up the idea of doing a book club. But uh, anyway, I know that a lot of people out there are all into reading. Like, And there's just something, there's something unique and cool about being able to get with other people who believe and feel similarly. And it just helps like your all boats rise together, right? That's right. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, if you're going to invest, Rod, make sure you invest with benefits. See
0: you next Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.